Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weigh-In Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, September 27th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders of several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564 or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino or follow us on Twitter at Weigh-In Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin. Let's weigh in. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Michelle, for the great intro. Love having you back on the show. Thanks for giving us the intro tonight. Uh, crazy weekend of football. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Hopefully, we can get this college football thing figured out uh, all around. And not only that, talk some NFL tonight, but some surprises this week. I don't think they were surprises, but we'll talk about Oregon getting beat by, what, 40 points at home. Auburn losing at home wasn't a big surprise. It was a letdown, but it wasn't a surprise. The Oregon Ducks, the way they lost, and Tennessee, you know, left a bad taste in my mouth watching them for the second time this year just choke away a, a big lead and a big win in the fourth quarter. And this, there's a record I saw, something like three losses have happened this year when a team went into the second half with a lead or the fourth quarter with a double-digit lead and only three of them have lost. Two of those have been Tennessee's losses this year. So it shows you that most teams are getting Ws when they when they have big leads in the fourth quarter. But this, this doesn't just happen this year to Tennessee. I've noticed trends last year with Florida coming into Tennessee. Tennessee had the game won for four quarters, gave it up at the end. Against Georgia, they should have won, lost it. So there are several games last year even that they, they just don't know how to win. And we're going to talk about that later when we get into our college football but tonight, Sonny Clark is with me. I think that's Sonny Clark. Is that you, Sonny? The hardest working man in sports radio. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well, Sonny. Thanks for calling in. I miss hearing your voice, hearing all that sports talk you do. I know you've been busy lately, but, man, I'm glad to have you on tonight. Oh, I'm, I'm glad that we, I was able to get out of work. I was able to watch Red Zone today. Uh, at least I get to watch it. I don't get a chance to yell touchdown as much, but uh, at least I can watch it and then at least be able to talk to you about it a little bit later if I get home in time. Well, I didn't bring you on here to talk about college football. I brought you on here to talk NFL. But just one thing about your Michigan Wolverine, very impressed. So far, their their only loss at Utah. Utah beating Oregon by forty on the road last night. Maybe that Michigan team is better than we thought. But. Oh, it, maybe they're better, or or maybe if you take a look at the teams who they played, you know, maybe Utah is a little bit better, you know, mm-hmm. as well. So you, you look at Utah and what they what they've done. Now, granted, they're not they're not going to be the ones everybody's going to be talking about at the end of the season, Tarvin. We all know that. But at the same time, here early, they're making people aware of who they are. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why preseason rankings. I'm so against them and I hate them. It makes me look like a fool sometimes. But three of my teams are still left in the Final Four: Ohio State, Michigan State, and TCU. My Auburn Tigers. They're gone. They're done. Two losses. 
you know, unless unless a miracle happened and every other college team fell off the face of the earth, Auburn's going to be probably stuck in one of those Christmas bowl games somewhere around there if they're lucky enough to make it. But Michigan, though, very impressed with Harbaugh. How long is it going to take before, you know, in the preseason we're talking about them in the top ten and talking about them possibly winning the Big Ten championship? Well, I think that, you know, as the way the Big Ten looks, it, it, that one, that whole division is unpredictable. Ohio State obviously, quote-unquote, being the class of the uh, conference and everything. Uh, the question will be is will Jim Harbaugh be able to put it together uh, before they eat meet at the end of the year, and maybe that game at the end of the year will really, really mean something, meaning that will it be, you know, worth, you know, will it be something that, you know, could put someone, one of the two, or, you know, into the – because that's what it's going to boil down to. If Michigan plays well for the rest of the season, Ohio State plays well, that game right there is going to be for a spot into the Final Four. Yep. And before we get into our NFL talk, I just want to let everybody know that we're now being played on ultimatesportstalk.com. Just a great little website, a lot of sports going on there. We'll be talking about them later throughout our shows, but go to ultimatesportstalk.com. You can check out Wayne Sports along with some other shows that go on. Just wanted to throw that out there real quick. But, Sonny, I mean, not a terrible day in the NFL, but give me a couple of teams that, that you're ready to wave the flag, that you're panicking right now, some of these teams. Well, if you're, if you're in Baltimore, you need to wave it. Okay, because it's not the fact that they lose football games. It's the way they're losing football games. And today was one of those classic examples. It wasn't Joe Flacco. And you look at the 0-3 start, you go, wow, what's Joe Flacco doing? Well, Joe Flacco, at least today, had a pretty good game. This was a game that went back and forth, and they just didn't have the ball last. It came down to the last, uh, last holding of the ball. And, and the Falcons or the, the Ravens can't be in games like that, especially without Suggs in the lineup, being able to stop a team coming down the field. They're getting no pressure on the quarterback, and that's one of the reasons why. If they got pressure on the quarterback, I think they at least have one game, uh, one win on the season right now. Yeah, but getting in an 0-3 hole, to, you're really in a four-game. You're back four games of Cincinnati right now. Pittsburgh's up two games on you. I mean, I just don't see it for this Baltimore team. I mean, I don't even think an 0-3 team's ever made the playoffs, have they? Or, or has yeah, they have, but it, it, but it, it's the, the numbers are not huge, the, uh, you know, as far as a lot of 0-3 teams making it to the playoffs. I think it's like 26% of the time they, they make the playoffs, which is not much. So yeah, that is that's a tough one to take a look at. As if you're, and never mind that division. That division always plays tough. Uh, you know, we're talking about the AFC North. The Bengals. You know, they figured out at, at the beginning of the year. I, I I said it at the beginning of the year. Marvin Jones will figure out how to, you know, or you know, to save his job. And uh, Marvin Lewis, I mean, save his job. Guess what? He's figuring out how to save his job. Uh, B- Pittsburgh now they got a quarterback position problem with Ben Roethlisberger going down. And uh, surprisingly enough, Cleveland's got a win underneath their belt, so they're behind the Cleveland Browns for crying out loud. And another team, I want your opinion on this. And I didn't know it, it could happen, but the Patriots up fifty-one to fifty-one seventeen today over Jacksonville. But I'm hearing that Tom Brady could still serve that four-game suspension. Was it smart for Tom Brady to get reinstated, really, right now during this part? So what 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 happens at the end of the season if he gets suspended four games instead of now? Well, I'd rather it be now, wouldn't you? 
Well, it, now, well, now since they're three and zero out on the season, sure, why not? Let them go for that four game suspension. But you know, I, 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 if that does happen, Tarvin, the New England Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. And, and I say this because this is a football team. We'll figure out how to get, you know, at least two and two out of that four-game suspension. They'll figure out how to do it. And in that division, you got Buffalo who's playing very well. God, I hate saying that because I hate, I mean, I hate Rex Ryan. Um, but obviously he's doing something well. Uh, the Jets, they're 2-1. and one. I hate to see that because, you know, I, I, I just, I like, Todd Bowles, but that whole that whole situation just makes that AFC East now something that was supposed to be really predictable. Well, it's not now. Um, and so those losses during the season with Tom Brady might not being in the lineup, those are going to mean something in this division. So if he's able to get back in time to get him into the playoffs, he's got four weeks of rest. If Tom Brady gets four weeks of regular football season games rest, Forget it. It's already over. That's just the way I look at it. And how lucky did the Eagles get with Tony Romo going down the way he did? They're 0-2. They go to New York, get a win today. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about how lucky really they are. And they have a shot to win that division. The Giants do. We know the Redskins don't. But if you're the Jets, I mean, how could you let Ryan Fitzpatrick be your quarterback out there? I mean, he's terrible. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick is terrible, and but if you take a look at what's going on with the Jets, they're two and one. Now their their division back to that division. If you're gonna, you might as well just tell tell your fan base you're not expecting to make the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Listen, I was on the I was on the Fitzpatrick bandwagon when he signed the big contract. I thought he deserved it. And guess what? He went away and he hasn't been seen since. And he still hasn't been seen since. So that's going to be a problem for the Jets. I mean, the Jets losing against Philly, which by the way, Philly's offense has been non-existent up until this week. And so that has to tell you something about the Jets defense and so they're going to have to step it up defensively. But if you are the Jets, you've got to score more than 24 points a game to win the, to win a football game. So they better get that. They better get used to that um, as far as what it's concerned. But if they're only scoring 17 points, that's that's not going to that's not going to cut it in the AFC East or just in the AFC. And I don't know about you, but I don't think Philadelphia's got a real big defense. So if you're only struggling to score 17 points at home against an 0-2 Eagles club that hadn't tackled anybody to me in a long time. And that, that's what concerns me about them. But, look, look, I, I watched Colin Kaepernick throw, and I just wanted to see what your thoughts are. Losing 47-7 to at, at Arizona today, the Honey Badger got him a couple of picks. But Colin Kaepernick looks lost out there, Sonny. Well, he looks lost out there because he was a success because of the system. We talk about that football players are good in certain systems. Guess what? There's no Jim Harbaugh. And and I hate to say it about Tussle Lewis. I said it as soon as they hired. Who did they hire? No one knew who this was. And this this right here, and I am actually glad this is happening to the 49ers right now because it just goes to show what ego does for you, which it takes you a step back. And this year, they're taking that step back, and they're going to walk themselves right out of this division. 
Um, it, it, Arizona's three and zero for God's sake. Are you kidding me? No one. I, <laughs> I when we did a preseason, you and I and Tarva uh, or uh, Cuervo was not talking about the Arizona Cardinals being three and zero. And right now they're outclassing the division, except for the Rams. They took a tough one, but I, I still think the Rams can still be in contention. And you can't forget about Seattle because they'll figure out a way to come back and win football games and uh, and do it in fine fashion, like they did wiping out the. Chicago Bears twenty six to nothing today. And, and and what should concern you if you're in that division? You know, we weren't talking about Arizona and it was because of their offense really. We we knew the defense was pretty solid, we thought it would be, but they put up forty seven points. Forty seven, Sonny. On a San Francisco, Francisco team that in the past. Yeah. I mean, so that yeah. should scare you if you're near, you're in that division. It should make Seattle get their head out of their butt and start playing better football. They they were terrible in the first half today against the Bears. A couple of special teams plays got them rolling, but 26 to nothing over the Bears. I'm not sold on Seattle, Russell Wilson, but I am sold that they'll find a way to make it back into the playoffs because of that division. I mean, I'm not well, sold on the Rams at all. Let's don't be sold on the – I, I agree with you. I, I'm going to say this about Seattle. Don't be sold on them. They played the Chicago freaking Bears today, okay? <laughs> All right. That team couldn't fight out of – that team could not fight out of a soap bubble, never mind play football. So – and they should have wiped the floor with the Chicago Bears in Seattle. So, you know, if you're a Seattle fan, don't be coming talking to me how great your football team is right now. They beat the freaking Bears, okay? So if you go out and you beat the freaking Cardinals, maybe I'll talk to you a little bit. But the Chicago freaking Bears, they're going to finish last in their division. They're going to be horrible all year long. Wait until you play a team that you actually, you know, have some competition on and put up a good fight and win the game. That's when I will take and, the Seattle Seahawks. And they have a quarterback. Canada didn't even have Cutler. Uh, I mean, really, and they were struggling. They were up three to nothing, Sonny. Uh, yeah. three to nothing. I think at halftime around then. I, I just was in shock that you know that happened. But let's talk about a team that I, and you know the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck came back and pulled one out. But look, I'm, it's time to hit the panic button to me if you're a Colts fan because what I've seen for three weeks has been awful. I mean, I don't know where Andrew Luck's been. I don't know where the defense has been, where the offensive line's been. Luckily, they play in a division, Sonny, that everybody sucks. Right. So it should be easy to win. But are you buying the Indianapolis Colts? And how do you feel after a one and two start? After I want to see how they're after next week because I'll tell you what I saw in this game and I watched a lot of it. It was on red zone a lot. We saw a lot of bad plays by Andrew Luck, but we saw something at about the third or fourth quarter. We saw Andrew Luck kind of turn back into the quarterback that he was, and that is what I'm wondering. You know, a team sometimes is able to flip a switch at a certain time of the year. And when you're Andrew Luck and you are the courted next coming best quarterback to ever play the game, something has to flip a switch. Something happened in that third quarter, uh, Tarvin, that made me uh, made me a believer in Andrew Luck again. The interceptions were there, and they, uh, by gosh, they were bad. And I think, so, and literally, when it hit that the fourth quarter, something went off in Andrew Luck's head because he made some really good passes in the fourth quarter in that game. Um, so maybe he, maybe whatever's been bothering him or whatever wasn't clicking finally clicked and. 
I want to see how they do next year before I write them off because this is yeah. – remember, it's the division. It's bad. Yeah, and I don't want people to think I'm an Andrew Luck hater because it's not all his fault. I mean, no. the, the 0-2 no. start wasn't all his fault. Trust me. But but it, it, it it's it's a good 75% of the reason why they lost their football games. Andrew Luck is throwing interceptions. He's throwing into coverage that you never seen him throw into. It's like he took a step back to college and he was learning the NFL game in the first two games all over again. And that that's what it reminded me of. And like like it was, something clicked, and we'll see what happens. I'm not ready to write off. No, you, we're just pointing out the fact that Andrew Luck has had a bad first two and a half games. Yeah, and, and you know, maybe he was watching Auburn's old quarterback, Jeremy Johnson, throwing those interceptions. Maybe. maybe it got in his head. I don't know. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's a difference. I mean, an 0-3 Indianapolis team, which easily could have happened, now they're 1-2. and You've got some momentum coming back. Yeah. Um, Houston, Houston's god awful, Sonny. I mean, I yeah, watched that, them. I mean, they are bad. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And, and they're bad against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are really bad. Um, so you get a double whammy. Uh, you know, the second coming of Christ down there in, te- in Florida with Jameis Wilson, uh, Winston walking in there. We all knew this was going to happen. And, frankly, <laughs> this is the best thing that can happen to the young guy. If he's going to turn anything around, he's going to have a horrible season. Let's just give it to him. Remember Peyton Manning. Now, I'm not saying this kid's Peyton Manning or anywhere close to carrying his jock in his first year. But when you take a beating like you did in the first year like Peyton Manning did, it will change your mentality either good or bad. This is the test for Jameis Wilson. Will it turn it good or will it turn it bad? Here's what I predict. It will either be be really good or god awful. So I expect Tampa Bay, if it's going to be really good, to be a good football team. And I'm talking a good football team being 10-6. and 9-7 and seven for them would be a hell of an improvement on that for that franchise. So uh, not, definitely not Super Bowl-bound Buccaneers, but if he, if he takes his knocks this year and he's going to be good next year, that's where they'll be. You know, it kind of reminds me, too, of the way Cam Newton was. Who dat, by the way, Sonny? Who dat? Yeah, no kidding. Hey, three. hey, hey. Cam, play, hey, listen, I hate, to, I hate to say I was, hold on. They are 3-0. and oh, I was wrong here um, going into this division, okay, because uh, – but I didn't have any faith in the in the Saints at all. But the other team that you're going to be battling with, Atlanta, play, and not only that. They look good. In, in, they, 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 beat, they beat the Dallas Cowboys. I don't – you know, I hate to even say this, but because it requires so much speculation, I think Atlanta might have won that football game even with Tony Romo at the quarterback quarterback position. They played very well in that game. Now, parts in that first quarter, they looked god-awful, but they put it together in the second quarter and put together a halfway decent football game for three quarters at the end. They did, and, and both Carolina and Atlanta are 3-0 and right now, but after the eye test, watching three weeks, I think Atlanta is a better football team, Sonny, and I think right they have now they better are. weapons. Yeah, yeah the weapons around Julio is a beast. Julio yeah, is a, imagine if Cam had Julio Jones. Well, he does have Julio Jones. He's just white, and he's a lot bigger than Greg Olson. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, hey, listen, if you're gonna grab up someone, then you're gonna depend on someone. It might as well be a veteran. 
Okay, and that's not Ted Ginn Jr., who's a quote-unquote veteran. It's Greg Olson, who played on a horrible uh, Chicago Bears football team and was the only talent in the wide receiving position for a long time. So you depend upon guys who have talent. Greg Olson has talent, and and it's just like something has clicked in this game. Greg Olson went off today. What do you have, two two or three touchdowns today? But a big part of the offense going in between the 20s was really huge for Carolina. And, and one thing, I don't know if you noticed this or not, every time Greg Olson starts the game with a touchdown, the officials call some bogus BS flag and bring it back, and it pisses him off. I don't know if you've noticed that, but he gets angry, and then he starts going off. I mean, this guy looks like he's 24. Uh, I mean, he, he's amazing. I mean, he what he does for that Carolina team. Yeah, he, 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 here's, he here's the thing. He <laughs> has to be the one who wants the ball because there's nobody else. Because you think Ted, you think Ted Ginn Jr. is going to stop his <laughs> deep route to come back to help Cam Newton when he's in trouble? No, he's going to keep running. So you know, you need a guy that can be able to come back to the ball, and that's what you saw Greg Olson do in this whole game because Ted Ginn Jr. don't know how to cut off a route to, to save his life. Yeah, and I see the Carolina offense starting to gel a little bit with the running game starting yeah. to bring receivers in that you know you didn't expect but I think slowly they're going to start getting better and better can they keep winning that's the main thing I mean Luke well, Keekly out of the keep, lineup I'm going to tell you how I think they keep winning is that they've seen how well Cam Newton did on the run here today, and they develop a couple of plays for that to actually happen. Make it look like it's misdirection and put Cam in the running position. I'm going to tell you right now, he looked good on the run today, unlike some of the other times, but if it's a specific plan for him to run the football and then toss the ball like he did today, I think that could be really, really good to him, get him back to his first two years, because I think they had that in the game plan in the first two years of his uh, career. So if they get him back to not doing it a lot where he has to go you know, from sideline to sideline, but enough to run, especially that one pass that he threw for the touchdown, where he was running across the field with his receiver uh-huh. going across the field with him at the same time. I forgot who caught that touchdown, but it was beautiful. Oh, it was it uh oh crap, I can't remember who it was. But it, anyway, it was a nice play and it was it was perfect for him and he was able to get the ball out quick before he got hurt or sacked. He he wasn't even hardly touched today too, and that's good for him. Yeah. And and next week's important. They go to Tampa Bay. I think they have to get this win. It's a must win going into the bye week before let me tell you their schedule after Tampa and the bye. They go to Seattle. They play Philadelphia, Indianapolis, Green Bay, at Tennessee, Washington, at Dallas. That's going to be pretty tough. I mean, it's they have to be get tough. This you got two win. easy ones in there in reality, but they got to win the yeah. tough ones. You're right. So it, you know, you especially especially that that Indianapolis Colt game. I'll tell you right now, if they beat the Indianapolis Colts, I'm going to tell. I'm going to put it for you. You ready for it, Tarvin? If they beat yeah. the Colts, they're going to make the playoffs. And I'm going and the reason being is is that team and if I'm not mistaken that game's in Indianapolis too, isn't it? No, no, it's in Carolina. No, it's not. 
Oh, crap. I wish that was on the road. But I'm still going to call them that they'll make the playoffs. That is a football team where you go in and you beat Andrew freaking Luck. That guy is the monster. Okay, you go in there. Now, granted, he's, they got some games to play, but Andrew Luck is definitely the better quarterback all of the ones. You go in there and you win that game, that builds up confidence. And that's what the Carolina Panthers need going into the playoffs is that confidence. And it's, I think if they get that win against them, they, it'll be nice for them. And and I'm not ready to say they're a playoff team yet, but I see I am. what you're saying. But I Seattle, am. I think they, they make a the, hey. It's worst case scenario. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you they're gonna get a wild card. Worst case, if they don't win this division, and you know as long as they don't you know you know completely go into the tank, they're gonna at least make the playoffs if they don't win the division. Now Atlanta would have to go into the tank right now. They just look right now better than Carolina, yeah. but Carolina looks better than the rest. You know, looking at all the you know NFC champions that are gonna come out, they look better than the rest in reality. And starting off with three and zero is impressive and. I don't even care which teams they played. Well, Sonny, let me tell you this, too, about Atlanta. It seems like Matt Ryan, uh, something mental with the Carolina Panthers, he struggles, and you never know if Carolina can sweep the series this year. I mean, they could because of the the struggles that Atlanta seems to have with Carolina. This could be fun going down. I think think New Orleans is done, though. I think New Orleans is out of it. Yeah, you put a fork in them. But Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's thrown for five touchdowns, okay, and Julio Jones has four of them. And it has nothing to do with anything, okay? It's finally realizing that you've got a guy that can change the tone of a game at any second. They still got White on this football team at the wide receiver's position. He's not even close to being up there in the numbers. Teams are still afraid of White, and they're leaving Julio Jones. You've got to move away and get to Julio and let White beat you. And teams are afraid for some reason about White on that football team, and I don't know why. They're not doubling down on, on, on Julio Jones, and if you got one-on-one with Julio Jones, you lose the football game. Simple as that. And I'm going to say it, Julio's the best receiver in football. Right now he is, definitely. He's better, yeah. obviously, because we don't have Des Bryant. We don't know what he would be doing. If it, if it was fair, unfair, and he was in all these games, I'd like to see where Des is. But that first game, they didn't. the Dallas Cowboys didn't get the ball to Des at all. So, yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you. Right now, Julio Jones is the best wide receiver in football right now. Yeah, and we'll go back real quick Thursday night to Giants. And call me crazy, but I'm starting to – you know, like this New York Giants team, Sonny. You're, you're crazy. crazy right you okay. are absolutely. Okay. <laughs> you have, let's see. Let's see. What have you been taking? <laughs> if you can drop that in the mail and send it to me, because you'd have to be really high. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe you're not. Are you watching them? Because if you watch them, you'd go, oh God, oh God. Remember, they no, beat no, the freaking no, Tom, Redskins for God's sake. Coughlin's in the chat room. I figured I'd say something nice. <laughs> but, so, I mean, they, yeah. they, I know they beat the Redskins, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they have some weapons around them. I'm not sold on the defense. You know, you gave up 21 points to the sorry Washington Redskins. I mean, that's yes. a lot of points to give up to a high school JV team, really. So, But I don't know. It's just something about that division. Philadelphia, you know, everybody wrote them off early. 
and now here they are. I don't know. I'm just interested. They 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 have my attention. That maybe I am. Maybe that cocaine is crazy tonight. I don't. It, know. It's something. There's something in your. There's something in your day to day sniffing that is actually. You got a leak somewhere. You know. You know whether it's at work or right. at home. You you got a leak somewhere. Remember, this is Eli freaking Manning. He's horrible. Eli Manning is horrible. You beat the freaking Redskins. They, they they're yeah. not they're not even a viable NFL football team right now. They're god awful. So and, and the way they've been losing the other two football games that they lost are one and two. Okay, and, and Beckham can't do it all by himself, and and Eli <laughs> Manning can't even get him the ball half the time. So it it. it, it yeah, they beat the they beat the Redskins. Don't don't. It's not the second coming. I promise. I knew I knew I'd get you going with that. I knew you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I know what it is, Sonny. I took a test yesterday to to become an IRA professional, and you're supposed to be in the field for three years before you even get it even taken. I've been in there a little over a year. I walked in that test, man, and I thought, uh, am I in the right room? Because this is nothing what I studied or, or looked at. Hopefully I passed <laughs> it out. I really don't know. But maybe my brain's starting to, to trip. Between that and watching Auburn get beat every weekend, I'm starting to have a meltdown. Yeah, I think you are. I think the meltdown is and it's starting early. You know, you're yeah. you're younger than I am, my friend. I you know, <laughs> so, and and let me just say this, and smarter than I am too. So there you go. I'm the smartest man in the world. But what about the Oakland Raiders? Did anybody have them going two and one to start out? Yeah, uh, they they they're they're. I don't want to say they're a victim of their of their um, schedule, their their schedule, but their schedule definitely mm-hmm. helped them, you know. It, 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 but here's the here's the thing about that though, the Oakland Raiders, when they're a good football team and they're in contention, the 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 AFC West gets really really interesting, and and you can say what you right over there, you know. Granted, they're not going to beat Denver. I, I I haven't been smoking what Tarvin is smoking regarding the Giants <laughs> to think that the Oakland Raiders are going to be able to get in there. But right now they're two and one in this division. The Broncos lose tonight. Uh, they're going to be right there tied. But the Kansas City Chiefs and San Diego Chargers. San Diego Chargers one and two. You know, I wasn't surprised about that this year because guess what? I think I'm not saying Philip Rivers is not a good quarterback. I'm saying Philip Rivers on the San Diego Chargers isn't going to do it and his contract's going to keep him there and that's not that's not going to be good for him for the rest of his career the chargers are in trouble as a franchise and obviously by paying the guy way and and i love philip rivers i think he deserves a lot of money but he got way too much and then kansas city at one and one they'll be interesting to see what they do here um you know what are they on monday night or tonight monday night Monday night. Yeah, they're on Monday. Monday night they're football. on Monday night football against Green Bay. And I'll tell you, if Kansas City goes into Green Bay and beats them, you bet. You have to actually look at the Kansas City Chiefs and go. They're viable for the playoffs over in the AFC. Yeah. So you got to watch yeah. that. Well, Philip Rivers, Sonny, uh, I would love to see him on a different team. You know, sometimes Me too. you need a change of scenery. I yes. think he would. He's a great quarterback. He is. He's a gamer. And I remember him coming out early. Remember when he went on the road and beat the Colts in the AFC, you know, in the playoffs. And I knew right then he was a gamer. But I just think sometimes you're in the same place for so long. You just get kind of going through the motions. It's okay you're one and two because you're the Chargers. Man, get out of California. Go somewhere that would would love to. I mean, name me some teams that would love to have Phillip Rivers right now. 
Oh God, there there's so many, especially Buff uh, or uh, New York or you know, or Buffalo. I mean, I'm sorry, you know the that, Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins. Well, Tannehill right now, Tannehill's he's looking fast. like he he is completely lost, and that was he's a guy hard I hard. had high hopes for. Right now, he looks like he is completely lost. They take a bad loss here to, uh, this week, and, uh, and 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 here's the thing: it's one thing to lose a football game, really, but if you watch that game and you saw how bad they lost that football game, then you know, you know. And, and I've been watching the the Dolphins all year long. And it's huge. By the way, just to throw this out, uh, you know, incognito, okay, he goes back to Miami here today. You know, so, you know, Cuervo said it, and I wish I could take credit for it. The steal of the offseason is Richie Incognito. He has... He has taken a, taken on a different type of role. He is a different kid. He is a lot more mature than he was. And guess what? He goes into Miami and puts it in their face. I love it. And he did it quietly as well. And look at him. He's on the best one of the best offensive lines in the in the AFC East. That Buffalo Bills scored forty one points today. Okay, if you're a Buffalo Bill fan, and at the beginning of the season you were talking about this football team scoring forty one points in any football game, I'll call you a liar, okay? All right, because Tyrod Taylor, yeah, I, I don't know what he's doing or what what spike he got, but I, I gotta say, it was the right move. Tyrod Taylor, will he be will he be a viable quarterback in the NFL? I don't know, but right now he looks like the most brilliant move of the season. Yeah, and uh, you don't see Rex Ryan team scoring forty one a game, do you? No, that it, that's I think that's my point. You're right. You see Rex Ryan team. Well, they they definitely tighten the belt. I mean, they haven't been giving up points, but now he's got an offense too. Watch out. Mm-hmm. Watch out. And I, I want your view. Maybe you don't know the player personally, but Mark Barron today with the Steelers. It, and, and maybe I'm wrong, and you tell me if I am, but. Last year, hitting Carson Palmer, costing him a season. Now with Roethlisberger, this is a dirty player in St. Louis. We're looking at. I I I don't know if it's not, but that that's going to cost the Steelers some games, some wins. So you know, and depending on how bad that hit that he put on there, I don't know if it was dirty. I, I've tried to watch this over. What did, did you think it, it was wasn't. dirty? Yeah, no, I, I didn't mean, think it was, but he's got the reputation. But like you said, he's got the reputation to where that looked like it could be dirty. He, you know, so once you develop that that you know persona, you know uh, of the, the uh, Sue down there in Miami, uh, you're always stepping on someone or doing something. He he's got this reputation, and that reputation is not the best thing in the world. So you can say what you want, but Mark Barron, I mean, he had problems in Alabama with his attitude. Didn't he get yep. like arrested or something like that? You know, I, no, I, I, well, I, don't I don't think, he's a, a headhunter, man. He's a he's a he's just to me. And I could be wrong, and it may be my my dislike for Alabama in a way, but hopefully it wouldn't be. But it just seems like you remember Nick Fairley, the way he was, how he sometimes he would do a cheap shot and you wouldn't even know yes. it, but that's what he intended to do. That's what I think right. sometimes. And when I saw Palmer go out last year, to me, it's just I just keep thinking hitting these quarterbacks low. I mean, these just hit them high, man. I mean, I know 
it's just it's so dangerous. I know concussions well, are dangerous, Well, that's why they Sonny, implemented but... the Tom Brady rule. Remember that? When Tom Brady went down and Matt Castle made way too much money in his career for the rest of his life because Tom Brady went down? You know, They're not enforcing the rule that they set into place to protect quarterbacks at that low. And if I'm not mistaken, that one didn't even get a flag here today. And that's another outrage. You can't hit a quarterback like that that low and not get the penalty. There has to be a penalty that rules in place right now. And I, I, I don't know. Was there a flag? Or I didn't did I know miss that. It? Yeah. I didn't know there, there, there wasn't a flag on that. Not a, my understanding. I didn't see it, and maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't see a flag thrown in that. And I was actually watching that. That game was on red zone um, live, and then they came back to it and showed it a couple. And I don't think I've seen a flag. So um, that, the fact that wasn't a flag, that was that was a mistake right away. That needed to be a flag, and that's what I was calling for. I was, you know, I'm sitting there because I can't scream. I got to be quiet, but I'm sitting here screaming in my head. You got to throw a flag. That's too low on a quarterback. And regardless if he was trying to get out of it, you can't go that low on a quarterback. That's why they put that that rule in the Brady rule. They don't call it that, but that's why it came about because you're going to knock out your number one quarterbacks in this league, and that's what fuels the money in the NFL is the quarterback. Yeah, I'm just not a big fan of the the low hit. Well, yeah, Sonny, you ready to talk a minute or some college football, or you don't have to? Leave I'll try. I, mean, I haven't been I haven't been able to watch it as much, so it, it's it's been one of those things. But you know, depending on what you talk about, maybe I can help yeah. or say something well, stupid. Well, I'm gonna start off. Well, I'm gonna start off to say, you know, Alabama lost a couple of weeks ago at home to Ole Miss. They turned the ball over five times, but. Alabama, Sonny, is an underdog for the first time in 75 games, I think. Coming up this Saturday on the road at Georgia, I think Georgia's favored two points. Nick Saban, you know, the dynasty he's created, and what goes up must come down. That's a law, right? It has to happen. It's a rule. Um, How long do you think Nick Saban can keep this up at Alabama? If they lose Saturday, then Vegas is trying to tell us something. I mean, Alabama's favored over everybody. But now they're underdogs. If they lose and they're technically out of the SEC, they're zero and two to start the season. What happens in Tuscaloosa, Sonny? Well, that just all depends on Nick Saban's mentality. We talked about it. I mean, looking at that, you you mentioned it, Texas. I mean, you you're the one that brought it up. You know, so I'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> well, what's going on here in Texas that can that could drive him there? Well, one thing that the Texas is not short of is money. Okay, so Nick Saban isn't going to go anywhere unless he gets a raise, regardless of what happens this year with the Alabama Crimson Tide. He's going to get more money. How much is he paid right now? Seven million. I think maybe yeah, maybe more. Yeah, oh, it might man, be probably more. around that. It might be more. So so here's the thing. If that's going to happen over here in Texas, Texas is going to have to pony up the money. Guess who has the money? Texas. Uh, you know th- That alumni will throw money all day long if they could get Nick Saban. That part you're right about. And I don't think you really intended to be right about that. That's just something. Down here in Texas, the alumni here, they, they let me tell you, they will get money where it needs to be gotten in order to get what needs yeah. to be done. The alumni here, when Charlie Strong was – I'm telling you right now, I've read a lot of things about the alumni. They were not happy about the Charlie Strong hiring. Now, I'm going to. I'm just going to throw this out on you, okay? The guy didn't have a chance here. He doesn't have a chance here, and, that, and I'm going to just throw the race card out here, okay? All right, listen, as much as I love Texas football – 
Charlie Strong isn't going to get a chance, and he's not going to get a chance because of his color of his skin. And and he and if it was going to work, it had to start immediately in the first two in, in, within the first two years. It's not happening. He won't be back next year. Okay, which by the way, because that defense has given up way, 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 way too much. Okay, and that's what he's supposedly known for. So you know, and you know, his <laughs> recruiting. As much as I love the fact that they picked up Charles Amenahu, freshman, that will probably be a superstar over there if he gets the opportunity. Take away from that, he hasn't done anything in recruiting defensively. His offense is. His offense, I, I, yeah. I, it's unwatchable. It's almost like the NBA. It's unwatchable. So, so down here, in order to pull Nick Saban, they got to have the money, and I think they got the money. Okay, but here's the thing: How much will Alabama want to keep Nick Saban? Are they sick of him? Do they love him? What's the real relationship that he has with an alumni there at Alabama? If they love him, he stays, and they'll pay him more money. If not, he will go ahead and take another job. We've seen that happen. Well, I mean, it really love comes from winning, and I don't care where you're at. Look at Gus exactly. Auburn. Took him from a, a team that didn't make a bowl game to a national championship. Here we are, two years later. He's two and two, and I'm already hearing rumblings about firing. I'm like, really? I mean, it's how quick it changes. But if you're Texas, Sonny, I mean, when is a when are you starting to celebrate moral victory? You know, it's like that's the problem I have. Texas is all about winning championships, winning their conference. They have their own network, and now they're they're making special team blunders to lose games, and they're happy because they kept it closed. I mean, that's the well, problem. That's, I have. And that's the first indication to me that you're happy that you kept it closed. Okay, that is a coaching staff and and a whoever's in charge with someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Okay, or it, because. That's not Texas football. That's a person that needs to lose their job. That's good enough. That's never good. There's nothing good enough. Now Alabama getting all over him. Aren't Alabama three and one on the season? Yeah, they're three and one. They beat Wisconsin. They beat uh, junior college team, and they beat another uh, junior college team the other day. But their only real test to me of the season, they lost at home a night game against Ole Miss, which. Kind of raised some well, red flags. I watched Alabama. Team. No, hey, listen, no, but I'm saying this was a good football team lose. last year. Yeah, but you shouldn't lose at home if you're Alabama. But I see problems at quarterback. I see problems on the offensive line. I see receivers that can't catch the ball, and I see a defense is getting probably going to be tired by the end of the year if that offense doesn't step it up. But I'm talking about Alabama, Sonny. What if they go eight and four or something? I mean, Nick Saban's never lost four games except his first year. And then in 2010, they're they lost three. They're not going to lose three. more than two games, talk about how bad it's going to happen, but they're not going to lose more than two games this year. They may be on the outside looking in on the playoffs, but they're not going to lose more than two games this year. And, and frankly, I, I don't know much about Georgia, but you know all the things I've been reading, I haven't been reading about them about being the biggest you know powerhouse around. Now, I have read about them that they can sneak up on you in the, in the second half football games. That part I have read. And if Alabama don't take care of business, Business in the first half of the game that could come back and you know be that snake that comes up and bites them on the on the heel and then mm-hmm. they're going to be you know going towards the end of the game trying to win the game in the end zone you know on a crazy play. I'm gonna tell you how good Alabama is though, Sonny. They they're at home. They turn the ball over five times and they lose by six. I mean, I think they put up 500 exactly. yards of offense. But I think Nick Saban anytime he's an under. I mean, my money's on Nick Saban anytime he's in the game really. But 
you know, Georgia to me is who they're playing. They're playing a Georgia team with a quarterback that wasn't good enough to start. I think it was at Virginia. He's played some cupcakes and cream puffs and looked pretty decent throwing the short pass. Their offensive line has been blowing holes up against Georgia Southern and teams like that. Now they're going to be playing a big boy defense, a real man defense, and Nick Saban in Alabama. And I think Georgia, as well, trying to comment on Georgia to me, schools goals a little bit. You know, early in the season, they're they're four and zero. Everybody's flying high, but guess who's coming into the town Saturday, Sonny? Nick well, Saban. Yeah, that- Exactly, and and that's a total different game as well, Tarvin. You can be playing any other team that is in your regular, you know, your regular teams to play. But when it's Alabama and they're not your regular year in year out team, okay, you can be first in your division and it won't matter. It's Nick Saban, and that's one thing that he. But that's another reason why when we start talking, and even though it's a legitimate talk, the crazy talk, this is a team that's three and. I think if they beat the Bulldogs, and like I, I don't know a lot about them, but here's one thing I do know: they have been scoring a lot of points this year. Now, granted, yeah. it's against what some of these loser teams, I guess. I mean, what are they playing? They, they, it, it, it's anyway. Yeah, they're, playing, they're not those big. That's what it is. So I, you know, they may get a come to Jesus on Saturday. Okay, about maybe they're not as good as they think they really are because they've been scoring points on. They think they can score points on anybody. Well, I'll tell you, Alabama is not the. Here it is, Southern University Jaguars. Okay, I'd never even heard of them. So there you go. Yeah, another team I want to talk about real quick, Sonny, and you're you're familiar with Chip Kelly, how great he was uh-huh. at Oregon. What he's doing in Philadelphia. But Oregon last night lost by 40 points at home. I think 42 points at home. I've never seen it happen. Didn't think it could happen. But I said something a few years back when Chip Kelly left that I don't think Helfrich could keep up with recruiting and the coaching mind of Chip Kelly. But people said I was wrong. But I never saw Chip Kelly get beat like this. But what do you think about Mike Helfrich at Oregon? I mean, is he fool's gold, really? I mean, he came in and played with Chip Kelly's recruits, and he still couldn't get it done. But now he's having to recruit his own players and, and kind of get his own offense going. And I'm just not a big believer in this guy. How many did he lose to the Utah Utes? That could be a big about question. 42. Well. Yeah, no, no. I'm talking about recruits. I mean, it'd be interesting. I mean, they're not very far away from each other. Okay, so, you know, what is going on in Utah that they can go and bitch slap the Oregon Ducks by 42? Okay? I mean, Uh, that right there tells you something. I I don't know. The Utes, they're the ones that put it to the Michigan Wolverines in week number one. Okay, they bitch slapped them all over the football field in reality. Okay, and then they come back and have a good performance against the Oregon Ducks. There are only two teams, I think, over – I think – Aren't the Utah Utes, are are they in the Pac-12? The Pac-12, yeah, they are now. Yeah, and now, they so, the, and the here's what I know. There's ago. only two teams in the Pac-12 that are even relevant now. One of them happens to be the Utes. Yeah. I mean, right now UCLA and Utah are the undefeated and how teams. how did UCLA but, I mean, I'm get the job about... done? Oh, my God, how did they yeah. get that? They're, they're missing like three of their main starters, the guys that make the plays. Yeah, but – but Helfrich, though, man, do you believe in him as a coach? I mean, no. Chip Kelly was the reason Oregon's doing what they're doing, in my my opinion. Well, and I think the proof is in the pudding. When you get beat by 42, regardless of who it is, okay, okay, but never mind the fact that it's the Utes who really came out of nowhere, 
Okay, they really. I mean, they, they had an okay team, football team last year, but they they weren't you know having ESPN you know writing major stories about them week in week out. Okay, that was the Oregon Ducks last year. Okay, it's not you know so once Oregon is dropping down, they, I don't even want to say they're playing down to the competition. I think they I think there's something going on regarding administration over Oregon and what's going on with the head coaching as far as the athletic department and coaching there's a bad communication problem or someone's really pissed off that they're in this situation and i think it happened before the season started okay i think it happened last year once they realized you know that, oh god we don't have chip kelly this is a football this is a college that wish they pointed up the bucks to keep chip, chip kelly well i'm gonna bring on an oregon duck fan right here jason humphrey jason i mean Tell me you were stunned last night after losing by 42, getting 49 put on you in two quarters against Utah. Yeah, I, I was completely stunned um, of last night's ball game. Um, I knew Utah was a good team, but put put up 49 in two quarters. It, it was ridiculous. It was hard to watch. I did watch till. Um, Two minutes to the fourth quarter until Utah ran out, ran out the clock. Well, I mean, Chip Kelly, Mike Helfrich, I mean, are you a believer in Helfrich or is last night kind of – when you're a fan, Jason, it's kind of hard to see. That's why we call them fan. We're fanatics. It's kind of hard to see the yeah. ball sometimes in our own team. But Mike Helfrich, did that kind of open your eyes up or tell you something last night when you saw that game? I think I, I still believe in the Helfrich's. And I, I really do because he has got some key recruits um, over the years. Um, we do have a couple of quarterbacks that are right at certain. There's a quarterback named Travis Johnston that's um, right at certain this year. He's a freshman. Um, so, but I do believe in the health. It's um, just okay. last night we got to start off square one. You know, I can see Auburn losing by 40. They got beat by 24 at LSU. I'm used to seeing my team get blown out, but I'm not used to seeing Oregon get beat at home at exactly. by 40 points. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, I'm not used to seeing it. If that, if that happened to Alabama, they would have shocked me the same way. I mean, Oregon doesn't lose at home. Then Alabama, oh, yeah. I know they don't get blown out. You know, so that just shocked me last night. It really did. Yeah. Jason. Well, the the big thing that shocked me, you, you look at the three marquee games in the Pac-12, the road team just came in there and won by 20-plus. You're talking about Utah, Arizona, and um, USA, and USC. That's and right. Arizona State lost. Uh, Arizona State's a good yeah. home team. Arizona's a good home team. Yeah, so... Well, it's hard well, to think about that. Think think about this though. Oregon has only averaged they have only averaged twenty four points a game in the three games, the last three games. If you take away that Eastern Washington stupid game that they should have never played in the first place, okay. But take away from that game, they've only averaged twenty four points. Now we're talking about the Oregon Ducks only averaging twenty four points. There's something wrong with the system because they're not getting in the end zone. So somewhere, as far as getting the ball into the end zone, that's not happening. Yeah. 
And then I see it at Auburn uh, too, Jason. So it's not just your Oregon Ducks that's struggling offensively. Auburn can't score, and I think you all have to look at the quarterback and the offensive line. So tell me about your offensive line at Oregon. What what the hell's going on? Offensive line's not doing really good. Um, it's it's an okay offensive line for the most part, but when you don't have a quarterback that can't throw, they can't block all day, and whatnot. You got quarterbacks back there that can't make a decision. Um, I would say this before I leave. Um, as a Duck fan, I would w- rather have Helfrich put in one of those freshman or sophomore quarterbacks if the season's already done. A lot of freshmen go in there and get us get us lumps um, and develop a quarterback. So. I mean, tell me about the rest of your season, Jason. I mean, you, you've only lost one Pac-12 game. So, looking at the division you play in, it's not that tough, I don't think. I think you could still win it, but is it going to be enough to get you in the playoffs if you lost? Uh, I think the playoffs is out of the question. Um, getting blown out 42 at home, you, you can't really think about yeah. it. But you're all yeah. right. The division is still – during the play, this season is not over. If we win out, we play for a package of title, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, well, I think they have a hard time getting past you, Stanford. Yeah, getting past Stanford and USC. You know, that's that's going to be that's going to be the big test. I mean, uh, it, they might be able to go ahead and roll against Colorado, Washington, Washington State, and Arizona State, which really turned around. California is nothing to write home about, but it's the, the Stanford and UC, uh, USC game that happens in November. Yeah. Those are going to there's those are going to define this fo- this football team. It, but I'll tell you, if they drop another game until they get to Stanford, you can write them. Well, you can write them off even in that uh, for the Pac-10 championship. Well, I just think there's problems bigger. You can't think, like Jason said, it's hard to think championship stuff when you lose by 42 at home. And even yes. if you did win out there, the committee's not going to let you in because of that loss. But yes. there's bigger problems going on now, and I think it's the quarterback play at Oregon. The quarterback's hurt, you know, and they, they had to deal with kind of a backup. I mean, he looked terrible. I think he has a broke finger or something, but he tried to play. But, I mean, if Oregon's not – I mean, they're one-dimensional without a quarterback, and they're easy to read, they're easy to stop. The Oregon Ducks is explosive, the team that can run and throw, and maybe, just maybe, if he can get healthy and come back and play and they could win, I mean, that could change the committee's eyes, too, about Oregon. But I just don't think you can lose at 42 points. I think you're a good I football. got a theory. I got a theory on why they're playing the way they are. Why? Is that the, this is the third year removed from Chip Kelly, Right. Yep. Okay, the third so. year. So, yeah, it's the third year. No Chip Kelly. Okay, that means everything that Chip Kelly was doing when this team was playing very well is not being done right now. This guy who has come in has developed his own way on what he's doing, and it's not Chip Kelly football, which is what everybody's used to seeing. And now the Chip Kelly way is almost completely gone. And I think if you're going to do it the quote-unquote Chip Kelly way, you've got to do it all the way. And, at, and what I mean by that is have Chip Kelly. Okay, you got a, another guy who's going to come in. He's got his own ego. He's going to want to do it his way, not Chip Kelly's way. And I, th- I, I think that's my theory on why you're seeing the difference between Oregon from the last two years to what you're seeing. Because I'm going to tell you, Tarvin, they're going to lose a game. 
between here and Stanford. They're going to lose against Colorado, Washington State, Washington, Arizona, or California. One of those games they're going to lose, and never mind the fact that they're probably going to get beat by Stanford and UC, uh, USC. Yeah, and, and, you know, this is the same team that went on the road, played Michigan State, a great football game. I think Michigan State's a great football team. I think they're number two or something in the polls. But yep. to come back home and to lose by 42 points at home oh. at night, a place that I would fear to go, it tells me something that, that maybe teams aren't afraid of Oregon anymore because Chip Kelly's not there. Because you've seen him exactly. leave, and the home, the home field advantage to me is all about your coach in a way and, you know, the, the fans. But ever since Chip Kelly has lost every game they played, I, I feel like it's gotten – Less of an impact, less of an impact, less of an impact. Till now, you wake up and you're you lost by 42 at home. Yeah, and what are they going to so do? It's a good, good Utah team. Not yeah, terrible, what are you but they're do? not great. This will be the third year. What are they going to do? They they've they haven't been playing up the snuff at all this year. Do you give the guy one more year? Of course you do. You're going to give him one more year. But after that, I'm going to tell you. If he doesn't put on a show, that could get really ugly, and the Oregon Ducks could be hit by a Ford F-150, okay? And you're going to see feathers everywhere. That's how bad it's going to be. And then they're going to be fighting to try to get a good coach in there, and there might not be one available. All right. Well, hey, I think I see Sonia over here, Sonny. You remember Sonia? Sonia. I remember Sonia. Sonia. Hi. You're on. What's up? Hey guys, who's on? What's going on? Oh, we have Sonny. Hey, Sonny, how are you? I'm 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 glad to be home early on a Sunday for once in about twelve weeks. So there we go. <laughs> well, if you're glad, I'm glad, dude. We're you trying bet. to get over this cold, Jason and I. We just caught the last in, and Tarvin, I can't stay long because my throat's killing me. But I promised you I'd call in, so I'm calling in. <laughs> Well, tell me what you thought about Oregon getting 62 hung up on them at home, losing by 42 points. I just that blew me away, Sonia. I mean, after all the oh. crap yesterday that happened, Tennessee choking, Auburn looked like crap, but Oregon losing by 42 at home, I never saw that. Coming. Oh, dude, I've been waiting on that. You should know. <laughs> I was so 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 happy to see that. And and no no disrespect to Sonny because I do agree with his theory, but there's more to it. Guess who's oh, gone? Definitely. Mariota. <laughs> the reason yeah. Oregon's now is because they Good don't point. have their Auburn's Cam Newton. That's nope. the bottom <laughs> that's line. Was, that's what I was thinking of, too, about when you said that. I started thinking about Auburn lost Cam Newton, and people thought they were still going to win a championship. They ended up winning eight games that year, seven games, something like that. Yeah, that's all I do. Please, no. It, it was all – and that way you could tell that it was all based around him because look at what they've been doing – Look at – there's just no cohesiveness. And if there is any defense at anywhere at any point in Oregon, somebody please put out an Amber Alert because I didn't see any defense. Someone's <laughs> missing. <laughs> What'd you say? Something's Auburn, missing. Auburn even tackled somebody last night. Sonia, Auburn even made a few tackles last night. So what's wrong with Oregon? <laughs> oh, dude, uh, Oregon is being who Oregon has always been. They've never played Before defense. Chip Kelly. They've never exactly. The only the only success they had is the Kelly Mariota era. Okay, that's it. And the big question was when Chip left. It was was a uh, Mariota. You know, still going to do this, and with all you know, Oregon still going to do this. Okay, they did it. Guess who's gone? Well, 
That's what they're doing. Well, well, they, well they, they they actually played for a national championship with Michael James, and I can't remember that quarterback's name um, that was there, but he was no Mariota. If they'd had Mariota, they'd have walked through and won a national championship. But you're right, losing a quarterback like that, it's like Alabama losing to Marty Cooper. You have to yeah. find yourself again and find somebody else to step up. Just because you have talent doesn't mean – Somebody can step up and take, like, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Cam Newton, Mariota, right. all these guys' plays. And I think you're right. I it's, think that's hurting them a lot. But I think Chip Kelly does, too, not having Oh, yeah, it's, it's lightning in a bottle. Like, what happened with Cam, when you see those kind of those kind of athletes, and if you notice, Mariota is kind of going the same traje- trajectory as, as Cam did. You know, he's having a pretty good rookie season for, an, you know, for an NFL quarterback. But he is um, he's outperforming James's. He he's showing the same leadership that he showed at Oregon. So that kind of lets you know that this is a special kid. Not everybody's going to be that special. But I think the lack of defense, not only just at Oregon, but in the pack. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Denver just intercepted the Lions. Oh, there you <laughs> sorry go. about that. <laughs> but, um, so 62 anyway. points, though. 62 points. Getting 49 hung up on you in two quarters. I mean, good oh, God. You, but look, this is my thing, though. Because let's be fair. Karma. Instead of let's talk just talking about how bad Oregon was and how they played no defense, let's talk about those Utah Utes. Mm-hmm. Oh my they look God! Good. They are not real. I mean, it's these guys are are they have just made the race for the Pac-12 championship so much more interesting. <laughs> uh, I think I think they're the favorite. At this point, I mean, think about it. you. Got USC looked pretty good last night. UCLA looked good last night. You've got you know Utah. So it's kind of like Oregon is just being exactly who Oregon was and who they were meant to be. We talked about this numerous times before. Oregon has never really been legit, legit. Because our question was, I will give Oregon their props and I will give them respect if they can sustain the same success they have with Mariota without them. And so far, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing that. And I don't expect to see it. I can't even think of one player on the team that, that right now that stands out in my head that I could say, okay, if this person gets it together, whatever, whatever. It's not even on that level. In Oregon's success. They're all too small. Blank uh, Tarvin. Oregon's success just happened to be at the same time when USC was on probation. So think about that. Yep. That's a great point. Yep. That's a Very great true, point. But, 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 but you have a good recruiter like Chip Kelly, his system, USC's on probation. It's a perfect storm. And then all of a sudden, I think Chip Kelly realized what was happening, and maybe he got out of Dodge while he was going to get a big payday and go to the NFL. Maybe that's a part of it, too, because as soon as Southern Cal gets off probation, the recruits will start flowing back in. And I think Chip Kelly's a smart man for doing the way he did it. Yeah, and I honestly think that if Chip Kelly doesn't last in the NFL – and he goes back to college football. He isn't going back to the Pac-12. He'll end up. He's coming else. to Auburn. He's coming to Auburn. We need it. <laughs> no, no, he'll go to he'll go to the Big Ten with Urban. I think I think I think Gus is about to fake a heart attack and go up to the Big Ten. What do y'all think? <laughs> nah. Bro. He's going to turn into a closet Michigan Wolverine fan. Watch out. I'm going to tell you something, Urban. So- it was so nice. Seeing White out there, other than JJ, I was I was kind of happy for y'all. I gave y'all a little, you know, half a high five. Yeah, but still piss poor coaching. I mean, 
to me, let the kid throw. I mean, Mississippi State did a great job of cover two all night long. They knew, and you got to think, Mullen's a great coach to me. I think he's a real good coach, and I think Manny Diaz is a good defensive coordinator. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna play one close to the best like that with a quarterback, let it be San Jose State. You put him up against. I mean, you know, I, I just was real upset last night that the fact is Jeremy Johnson's mentally gone. Or maybe he's healed now. I don't know, but I want to see him one more time before I'm ready to. Oh, I'm sure you will. Season. Because I don't think Sean White can win you games, but he can manage them better than Jeremy Johnson. But I think Jeremy exactly. Johnson can win you games, but he could also lose them for you real quick, and that's what worries me. Do you want a quarterback that that you trust that can, you know, that can move the ball, or do you want a quarterback that can electrify you but also make you look like a fool at the same, you know, the next play? Yes. That's what. There's no consistency with Jeremy Johnson. Welcome to the world of Bama, (laughs) because you just described Jake Coker and Cooper Payton. (laughs) Not to the extent, though. I'd say Cooper, I wouldn't wouldn't put him and and J.J. on the same level. But I would put White and Coker pretty much on the same level, because I remember watching this kid when we were watching the Elite 11, um, and Trent Dilfer was talking about him. And just seeing some of the things he did, and I was just like, wow, please let him come to Alabama. Because this kid just had, you know, you just knew with the right environment, this kid would light it up. And, you know, he chose Auburn. It is what it is. But I think, I really think that he's not being utilized. I don't know what it is going on down there, where the disconnect is, but he's not being utilized the way he should to make those plays and to work through that. And for him to start J.J. when you had that in your back pocket, it just kind of makes me look at Gus like, okay, did you do what happened? Did you eat too much Waffle House? I mean, did you fall and bump your head? Did something happen that you didn't tell us about? Because you are not thinking too wisely here. I don't think Gus wanted to burn a red shirt, though. That's what it is. Well, he already red shirted. Yeah, he was a red shirt. Yeah, he already red shirted. Yeah, he already Yeah, he did. He's a redshirt freshman. The ego sometimes. Gus sold Jeremy Johnson. And I, if you watch his tape last year at Arkansas, and I know it's a half, and it's the difference between being the leader and being somebody that's kind of with a free role to see what happens. I, I, I mean, are you telling me that either Jeremy Johnson was a great guy at practice all year because they said he beat out everybody in like a day and it was over with, and then he comes in and he looks. I mean, I don't know what's going on either. Maybe the guy fell apart mentally once the lights came on because of the media attention. I don't know, but I feel bad for the kid. But this guy has a chance to be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC if he's if something. I don't know what it is. That's what's frustrating me. Is it mental? Is he hurt? Uh, did his girlfriend cheat on him? I don't know what it is. But, well, it's just it shocked me. It shocked me to see a quarterback. It's a Heisman Trophy contender, again, pumped up by the media. I mean, you got a little hate or whatever, but uh, throw the ball behind you. The offensive line for Auburn hasn't helped either side. I mean, you know. This, Dude, I'm this, telling you now, we talked about this. Remember you and I had a long conversation about this very topic, and what did I say that day? His, his head is not in the game, and I really think that the main reason is because Gus oversold. Auburn. He just he oversold it. He talked about what he wanted. He talked about these players as he wanted them to be, as he wanted them to strive to be. But I think he put a little bit too much pressure 
and maybe the kids took it to heart, especially when they threw the Heisman and all of that. And I'm like, wait, dog, can we wait until we see him in a game, you know, before we start handing out invitations and trophies? Can we see, you know, see the kid first? And I think a lot of that pressure, plus the fact that, you know, Woody or um, Carl Lawson, Carl's not there, you know, so that's a loss that, that's really, really – because you can tell the difference when, when Woody's out there and when he's not. I think all of that combined, it just kind of imploded. And I think with bringing Will on, which is – I think that was meant to be like this, you know, boom, we're going to put this combination together and they're going to be the new Saban, Kirby, Kirby uh, Smart. Uh. Like, you know, I think, I think a lot of pressure and, and a lot of – a lot of overselling happened. And these kids, these are young kids. You know, these aren't, are, they're not like us. You know what I mean? So when you put them in that kind of situation, with that kind of scrutiny, with that kind of spotlight, because, I mean, let's face it, Auburn's not like a Kentucky or a Vanderbilt. It's not like Auburn is a low or even a middle tier. You know, Auburn's Auburn played a top for two national championships in the last four years. Yeah, I mean, they're. Exactly. So, you know what I'm saying? Auburn's a top tier team, a top tier SEC team. So when you put somebody as a leader, you've got to make sure that that person is able to handle it. And I think that's been the biggest problem. Woody was the, the main leader. He was the most senior leader, and he's a sophomore. So you know that was one of the big problems, and that kind of happened when uh, Chizik was, was fired and Trooper Taylor and all those guys left. There was this whole thing, uh, we got this personally, we heard this personally, that there was this whole issue as far as divided loyalties. You know, half the team was loyal to the, the certain recruiter, but not really loyal to Chizik. Or, you know, half the team is loyal to Chizik, but not loyal to this recruiter because they see what's going on. So when you have that sort of conflict, I think there's some remnants of that added on top of everything else. I just think there needs to be a backup. We need to approach this. And I was really glad to hear what Will said as far as changing. Obviously, there's something wrong yeah. down there for Will Champ to come out and say it's that. It's the softness. It's the softness that comes in. It's a it's a Auburn hadn't played defense in probably ten years. Like it's a mentality, and it has to be. And they they're just the defense has been softer. But one thing that aggravated me last night, guys, and I don't know if you saw this, I'm sure you did, but uh, why it takes them all the way down the field to the half yard line, and then they throw Jeremy. Jo- all of a sudden, I see Jeremy Johnson. I'm like, oh, hold on, what is this? A replay of last week or something? I mean, why is he in the game? They call timeout. The next snap goes over Sean White's head. We miss a field goal, lose momentum again. Auburn has so many. I mean, why are you trying to play with something when somebody drove you all the way down to the half yard line? That's what I'm wanting to know. <laughs> I, I mean, Brian, do you have any answer for that? I mean, that's I don't what have an answer. I, I I don't have an and and that's the thing when and I don't watch college football all day long, you know, like you guys do, and you live for it, you know, but imagine that happening on the NFL level, you know, what kind of answer would I have then? I don't know, but, I mean, I'm holding the coaches accountable. Like, Gus, you're trying too hard. I think he's yeah. – now he's pressing. Yep. He's feeling the pressure, and now he's pressing, trying to find some kind of miracle formula, and the formula is, just consistency, just simple things sometimes first. You know, right. let's, let's walk first before we try to run right now. we got a young exactly. Here we go. And let's see. But here's your here's your thing if you're Auburn. you got two things. Is Jeremy Johnson the quarterback you can use this year and next year? If he's not, Sean White is a redshirt freshman. He could play four years for you starting now 
for the rest of the mm-hmm. year, no matter if you win three or four games. I could care less. If I'm not in the playoffs, I don't care about a big bowl. The Independence Weed Eater Bowl in December. I could you'll, care less. You'll get in one, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't even. I don't even think they will make a bowl if, if things don't change and turn around. But I mean, just imagine the valuable all year starting with this offensive line is new. Coming back next year, that's when you can the hype could be real. Is when you have something right. for a year that's building. You know, a whole new backfield. Duke Williams is, and you know, I mean, he's there, but nobody can get it to him. The offensive line is new. Let's do something and build some consistency for a change. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's one of the biggest problems too is the fact that there hasn't been too much. You know, there hasn't been too much consistency with Auburn. It's either they're no. very, very good or very, very bad, or they luck up. <laughs> so. It's, yeah. it's it's like it's luck up. <laughs> yeah, I mean seriously, mm-hmm. there were, I mean yeah, it happened to Bama too. We lucked up and end up because you know certain teams had to lose, <laughs> certain teams had to win. So whether it's that or whether it's just the fact that maybe that's not as good a combo as we thought, the the Will Gus thing. I don't know what it is, but somebody needs to take a look. Somebody really needs to think about what direction you want that program yeah. to go. And, and the proper people that's going to get it there, not the ones well, that thought, promise the stuff. Because <laughs> one thing about well, Gus, I think Gus brought him in like, there. He's got a job in sales if he gets out of head coaching because he can sell. Yeah. I, I think Gus brought him in to change, and I think you know, I think he wants Gus Malzahn or he wants uh, Will Muschamp to change that mentality, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's I think they're they're fine together. I think I think Gus is. Well, saying, he's the one. Will he's you, what you have it. But yeah, he's the one that, um, when you got Mooshamp, it's just like Rick. Rick needed that bet. You need a good cop, bad cop. You know yep. what I'm saying? If you're not a Saban or an Urban Meyer or, you know, one of those coaches who can be both at times, you need that bad cop to kind of stand there and, and be your voice and, and do those negative things that you don't feel comfortable doing. And the kids already know that you're a pushover about so I think that that he's he's finally got that, but this is going to have to be the year that Auburn fans just say, you know what, just like with Bama, hey, next year, I'm not, I'm just I'm happy with whatever we get as long as we see some consistency. So Sonya, what happens to Alabama if next week they go into Georgia, they lose on the road, they start zero two in the SEC? What happens to Tuscaloosa? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, I mean how's the, how does the rest of the season go? Because, I mean, you know, 0-2, you're probably out of it, you know. Now, at this point, I'm going to be honest with you. We are finally seeing the kind of football that we talked about. We we said this before when, when they first announced the college football playoff. Get ready for a brand-new era, a brand-new atmosphere. We're seeing that now. What you're seeing now are teams playing up to their level of competition raising their game because, see, now, oh, forget the ratings, forget the rankings, forget this poll, forget this rank, this rating over here, forget this website, forget this group. No, only thing that matters, playoff committee. So what we have to do is go out there, do everything that we can do, bring ourselves on their radar. You didn't have that before because it was just like you knew the formula. You know what I mean? So when you had those teams like, like with Syracuse and LSU yesterday, think about it. Syracuse should not have given LSU those many issues. But the reason they are is because Syracuse is like, wait a minute, we're trying to get our name in. You know, we're trying to get a little notice over here. 
a lot of teams, it's the same with you guys in Jacksonville State, a lot more teams are going to start <laughs> doing that because now, even though the playing field is not equally level, I don't think it'll ever be. You, you never can have it equally level. But it's pretty much a lot more open. So what you're seeing now is a result of going to the playoff system. And another thing that we're going to start seeing, instead of seeing that one or two separation Saturdays, you know, we're going to start seeing a lot of those a lot earlier and a lot more, a lot more often, because you're going to see some some teams exposed. You're going to see some teams that maybe are overrated, underrated. You're going to see some teams that traditionally do well, but this this you know going into their downtime, which I think is what happen is what's happening with Alabama. Um, you can't win everything. You really can't. Nobody can ever be stay unbeaten. Nobody can ever ever just say, okay, I'm going to just you know, you can never sit here and say that you're not going to ever lose. And I just, well, you know, I'm going to tell you this, Sonia. Saban, what he's done at Alabama, and I've mentioned it multiple, multiple times, to be able to year in and year out to keep the same consistency. And you, like you said, you're going to lose sometimes. You can't win them all. But when you have the bullseye on you every week. So since 2009, Alabama has been a big game on your schedule. I mean, it's like one of those. To do that for six years and to accomplish what he has, this is the first time they've been an underdog in six years. I mean, that's saying something. And where Auburn fails is when they have expectations on them, they crumble. When, they come, when they're ranked 24th, they, they may surprise you and win a championship. That's what I respect yep. about Alabama is that consistency right there. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's harder. I think it's harder for the newer fans. And we did get a bunch of new fans after 2009, let's just be honest. But I think it's harder for them because they weren't there, you know, during the the three mics, you know. <laughs> they weren't there when we were really down. They've only, you know, they only know Alabama from 2009 and now. So this is their first time going through it. And it's like some of them are just bandwagon. melting. It's like, come on, seriously? Like, we've been here before. Like, seriously, yeah. we have. <laughs> the bandwagon fans don't know that yet. Exactly. So. So, so funny, how first... many TCU fans do you have out there in Texas now that are new oh. for the last couple of years? Well, they, they, everybody jumped on the bandwagon. See, when I first came here in 2005, I came a fan of TCU just because they had a cool name, Horn Frogs. I mean, you know, you know, <laughs> it don't take much for Sonny. Um, so I've been on the bandwagon when I got here. But so they and they were bad then, and that's before Patterson got in and do, is doing what he's doing with with, uh, with this whole program down here. Yeah, it's just amazing what, like Sonia said, some of these fans that started pulling for Auburn in 2010, now they're, they're wanting Muschamp fired, they're wanting this. I'm like, good God. I mean, you, oh, see it all. you can't get fired every time you lose that. You have a couple games where you struggle, and now you're wanting to fire a coach that, that honestly I, I still believe in. I mean, I'm disappointed, yeah. I mean, but it's like Saban losing to Georgia, and now you want to fire him because he's lost two games. I mean, get out of here. Yeah. I wish somebody would. I'd knock them upside the head. Well, it's but, no, but that's another thing nowhere. when they make as much money as they do, so every fan thinks they're owed something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I would tell you something. Auburn fans, this is this is what I told one of my Auburn buddies last night. Dude, just be glad you're not a Vols fan right now. <laughs> no kidding. There you go. Oh my god. At least I mean. At least you know. You know. Cause it's it's a, a lot different when they start off and you know you're going to lose. You know, it's like you you accept it. Yeah. But when you go three quarters of thinking, 
I'm going to win this game. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> win. I'm gonna celebrate. It's gonna be so awesome. And then you turn around and it's like, what what the hell? Uh huh? Did you change the TV and I didn't notice, honey? <laughs> is this a new game? How hard Not is it? Once, how hard twice? is it to learn how to win, Sonya? How hard is it? Oh to my learn god! How to play the game out. It's hard, isn't it? It must be. It, it, I, I felt so bad for a few people I know that are Vols fans. Yeah, <laughs> I really too. did. I watched it. I watched it with my father-in-law, and it was just heartbreaking to see a coach just clam up and try to play like not to lose. And you know Florida is going to make the play. I don't care. I mean, in college football, you can't hold people down forever. And Thank on the you. road especially, on the road, they made one play, and it dictated everything because you screwed up and didn't go for two when you were supposed to go for two. It would have been an overtime possibly, but you you, you put a spy in when it's fourth and 14, and you know they're not going to run. I mean, I just don't get it. In Oklahoma, the same way, and it wasn't just this year, Sonia. Last year against uh, Florida, they did yep. the same thing. Last year against Georgia. So what is going on with Butch Jones? These fans are going to be calling for his head the next couple of weeks, I promise. They, oh, they already are. And it, what gets me is these are the same people who are like, Oh, you know, whatever he needs, we're going to give our coach support. You know, you got to give him this time. You got to give him this. Got to give him that. I think Vols fans are so frustrated because their last few coaches and Butch did. Butch, I will give him his props. Okay, he came in, he did what he had to do. He recruited. He got the Vols back to a level where you felt that something was going to happen. You know what I mean? Like you can, you're kind of like yeah. okay, optimism. Optimism was brought back to the Vols program. And then it's like you sit here and you're like, okay, we see that they can play to win. We've seen that for three quarters. What the hell happens in the fourth quarter? <laughs> what, like, what? Do you go to the bathroom you know, and don't snack? What's going on? Yeah, well, Did y'all change some Gatorade up? What is going on? Butch that we says is, but, but Butch says last or next year is the year, but they could win these games and close them out and, and be good yes. now. But it's the same old, you know, that um, – Dooley has a better record, their same record as Butch Jones does during the same span. I mean, that does not surprise me at all. Brick by brick. And see, the sad thing is, like, my nephew, you know, he left Tennessee. He's now at Yale. And I need to reach out to him and see if, if he's willing to talk about anything that. Did you, like, did, he, did you see something that other people didn't see? What's going on? But I did. I felt really bad. And it's sad that because. They're, those kids are—you've got some great talent on that team, and you can tell that they—they're coached well up to a certain point. But after they get yeah. to that point, you know, and maybe that's as far as Butch can go. You never know. But I don't think you should just boom—you know—kick them out immediately. You need to see what's going on because you can—you can, you can tell I'm guys, telling you, they're good. Hey, they can't they're a good finish. Team. Yeah, they're a good team, and I'll tell you the problem. I think he thinks, and I mean, I saw it last night. They cannot pass block the offensive line, and I think he was nervous that, you know, and Dobbs hasn't been a great passer. He had more receiving yards than passing yards last night. And I think, you know, you, you don't run, you don't throw him the whole game, and now in the fourth quarter on the road, you start trying to turn him loose. It could be disastrous. I just don't think he trusts the offensive line. But the offensive coordinator guys, remember when they hired him, we questioned who is he and, what kind yep. of credentials does he have to be the offensive coordinator? And now the play call, mm-hmm. I'm questioning it again. I mean, maybe you need to fire him. You have to have a scapegoat here if you're Butch Jones. Somebody needs to be held accountable. If you're not going to hold yourself accountable, you need to fire somebody like Tuberville you saw. Oh, yeah. 
And that's it. And I, 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 I totally agree with you, Tarvin, because it's just like, that just made no sense. I mean, OU was bad enough. But seriously, you finally have the Gators beat at home in the swamp, which rarely ever, ever, ever happens. And you just fritter it away. And I think a lot of Ten people like me, I, I, was like, I, I wasn't laughing so much. It was just more like I was, like, bemused because it's just kind of like I, I know I'm not seeing this. Kind of like with the Texas games and those refs and their phantom officiating. You know, it's like, am I really seeing this? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's one thing to choke, guys. And, Jason, you know all about rivalries we do. It's one thing oh, to choke against OU me. and out of conference. It's okay to choke against an out-of-conference team, but you can't choke against a team that's beaten you 10 years in a row, your rival. I mean, Florida's their rival. They hate them, and now you've lost 11 straight. If he had won that game last night, Sonia, I mean, you know, they'll put a statue out there for him. But you lose a game like that, you're going to start being questioned. Winning cures all. Losing, I mean, I don't care. If Nick Saban loses two seasons in a row, he's probably going to get run out of town. It's all about what have you done for me lately? And I don't think he's put enough – he doesn't have enough equity in there. You know what I'm saying? Butch Jones I know. Well, I came up here. I came Saban, up here. Saban can lose. Saban can lose. Exactly. He could get forgiveness for it because of what he's done there. But Butch Jones hasn't done anything. Very true. Very true. I came upstairs because you had called Jason, and then he had come upstairs. So I wanted him to give his little input. So what do you want well, to know Jason, about Butch? It's all about the rivalry. You know, it's one thing that when you choke against Oklahoma, but when you do it against a team that your fans hate and that's a rival game, if you do it in their backyard and you choke, it's just I don't think he has enough equity built up to do this too much more. They'll run him out of Tennessee. No, I, I think he's got um, – Butch has probably got one more year and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I think so. that game, I saw a lot of upset ball fans, and that's a very passionate fan base. You got to love them, man. They they love their team. They support them, but they will call them out. That's what I respect about them. And I was sitting with Bruce, my father-in-law, and that's what broke my heart the most. Is you know he saw it for three and a half, four quarters almost. They they played, and I told him, I said, if you don't, if he doesn't throw the ball and try to win this game, Florida is going to make a big play. And I promise, two plays later, he has a 65-yard touchdown pass. And it's just like you can't depend on your defense to to play error-free football on the road. I don't care what offense it is. Things happen, Tarvin. momentum changes, and you're out of the game. Tarvin, we were – Sonny and I were sitting here Saturday morning, and we were going over our pickums, and she was hemming and hawing about Florida tennis. <laughs> yep. And I looked at her, and I said, and I quote, baby, pick Florida – because Tennessee's going to blow it again in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he sure did. And, and Butch is personally responsible for clock management yep. losing the last two games. Yep. He is personally responsible. I agree. And it breaks and my heart I said, because... I, I, don't, I don't know what was worse, Tarvin. The Florida coach calling a timeout oh, yeah. or the freaking penalty. And I told Simon, like, they both deserve to lose. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, you, know, you know what kills me, guys? And you tell me what you think. But the Joey Bizzies of the world, these idiot Florida fans now that are talking national championship, they're not talking about 
SEC championship or making it past oh. the Independence Bowl. They're, they, they, they're talking national championship. And Ole Miss is coming in this week. And I think they'll put them to bed. <laughs> Look, Florida's ranked now. That That's a joke. <laughs> Paul, you Yeah, know they're, they're terrible. Paul's in the chat room. He's he's one of the most reasonable Gators I know. I know. And he would not even sit here about. and say, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that he would be like, uh, no. <laughs> I got to yeah. go back downstairs to my laptop and see what he's writing. But, yeah. But, the, but the Paul's, one that's a, Paul's a good fan, though. Paul's a good fan. But Joey Dizzy, and Paul even told me about that. He's like, I got a text talking about this is not your old Florida Gators. This is the new, improved national championship Florida Gators. And Paul's like, what? <laughs> you know, like, That's what I said. He's one of he he's the reasonable. He's the the Gator fan that you want to watch the game with. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's the one that you don't mind I mean, watching the game with. But the other ones, I was like, okay, come on, calm down, y'all. Calm down. <laughs> Slow your yeah, roll. They, it's just, I mean, I see. I see what – I don't – McIlwain so far, I mean, Florida's weak and everything, but I can tell you when Auburn sucks and when they need improvement. I'm not going to sit out there and tell you how great they are right now, but this is the same fan that told me when Muschamp was in Florida losing, oh, he's the best coach in the SEC, but now he's with Auburn. Now he's dirt and a piece of crap, and the reason Auburn's losing, glad he got McIlwain. I'm like, shut your mouth, man. I don't want to hear anything you have to say. Paul just said that the reason that um, McElwain called the timeout for the first field goal attempt is because there were 12 men on the field. See, that's something we didn't know. So thanks for that, Paul. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, and what about Tennessee moving the ball over a little bit on that during that timeout on that field goal attempt? Did y'all oh, notice wow. that? Paul brought it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you, know you can do, brick by brick, baby, brick by brick. Any time that you have – you've led the game. Okay, you have the game won, and it comes down to a freaking field goal, man. Please, <laughs> you don't you're deserve nothing. Pressure over, yeah, you putting the pressure on this kid. You putting him at fifty-five yards, and he's over there, like you know, nervous. And hey, this show's about to end, guys. We got a couple more minutes, but uh, anyway, thanks for joining us. We're about to cut off, but it was crazy uh, all that's happened in football. But we'll be back this week. And okay. hopefully I'm moving this week, so we'll try to do another show. But, uh, guys, check us out on UltimateSportsTalk.com now, too. We'll be running there. You know, our show's carried there as well. So check out UltimateSportsTalk.com. But, uh, Sonia, I mean, I feel bad for for everybody, man. I mean, I hate preseason predictions. I hate everything about them, you know. From now on, we're think- doing preseason polls on here. Yeah, I think if we get rid of the preseason, you know, the, the, the transition is happening. People are starting to really start thinking, P, you know, POC playoffs. But I think what we really need to do is just forget those other polls. Don't make such a big deal out of them. They don't matter, but they put so much pressure on these kids. Yeah. I feel bad for JJ and, and everything. Yeah. I feel bad for kids when I see them. When I see kids put into – situation but you know it's not his fault that he he actually probably believed it and he probably proved that he was good and then to see him crumble i mean this is just football guys he's got the rest of his life to live and and exactly. I, I just feel bad if it was alabama's quarterback i'd feel terrible son and you know i would you know i would. Oh, no. I, I feel I, bad I, for dude, kids. You know, we agree on that because that's one thing that i was yeah. like no don't talk about him okay just talk about the issue that he's had he has an issue right now Obviously, he was good enough to be named the starting quarterback in the first place, but there's an issue. There's a mental issue or something. There's something that needs to be addressed. 
But I really hate it because it's, it's like it's not helping. It is not helping. Oh. Well, I feel bad because, you know, he's 20, 20 years old, something like that. And life's going to – but he's learning a valuable lesson. Life's hard. And, you know, it's not going to go your way all the time. What are you going to do? And I want to see – and it's not that I don't like Sean White. Trust me. I want to see Jeremy Johnson redeem himself. I'm not ready to write him off because, I, for me, I need to see him succeed and leave a winner or something. You know, I just cannot stand the fact that, that he went out the way he did. And I don't want to see that just because I love the kid. I really like him. He's a good kid. He's respectful to people. He doesn't deserve this. And if your coaching's causing it, then change that up too. I don't know. But this kid shouldn't suffer. All these ignorant fans out there wanting him benched and all this and talking bad about him on social media. Do they not realize these kids read that stuff? Oh, yeah, they read it. And they interact with other coaches. I mean, they see the stuff. They see it on Twitter. They see it on Facebook. And that's why I always tell people, it's like, no, don't talk about a kid. You never wish a kid injury. I don't care who it is, what team they're on, if, if it's your, your, your top, top rival. You don't do that because the kids can see this. And that, to me, it's also putting karma out there. You know, it's like, oh, no, no dog. Well, <laughs> Auburn's number one defensive back. Auburn had a number one defensive JUCO back committed to him, decommit last night. And, I, I mean, I don't know why, but it could have been the Auburn reaction on Twitter. He, must have, he could have seen something that he didn't like, and it wouldn't be the first time that a recruit didn't come to a school because of something a fan did fan. or said. Or, you know, I mean, I don't know why he didn't come. Our defense played a little better last night than it had in weeks past. But you never know what's going on. But before, I would bash a kid on the Internet. Now, I may say Johnson played a terrible game, but I'm not going to say, you know, piece of crap, you know, benching, right. killing, whatever. You know, he, he made mistakes when he was there. He deserved to be taken out of the game. During the Louisville game, like during the just a series, just let him sit out. I think you should have tried to figure it out in the first two games instead of waiting to Baton Rouge and Mississippi State to bench him. You know, that's you right. Found out exactly. earlier. That's why I got upset. I'm like, this kid, come on, seriously. Man, man, and you know, basketball, you need a, you need a timeout sometimes. Not just a. I mean, you just need to sit back. He should have watched on the sideline and watched White go up against Louisville after he threw that second interception. Mm-hmm. Right then and there could have could have been a time, well, you know, he could have come out of the game and re-entered it and never looked back. But I just exactly. I don't think God sometimes saved. thinks about stuff like that. It's yep, ego, man. Been... It's an ego. That's right. I'm telling you, Gus oversold, and now he's trying to make up for it, and the kids are kind of caught in the middle, and it's really messed up. I agree. I do. And and I think the ego of Gus Malzahn made him leave him in for as long as he did. But I also think one thing that aggravated me, I'm glad Gus, I mean, you know, so you have to change things, you know, in order to, you know, you don't want the same result. But I think Gus Malzahn made the change because of the fans and the pressure he was feeling, exactly. which is wrong, too. That's yep. wrong. And you see what happened when Bama did it. Yeah. And that wasn't coming into fan pressure because Saban's never caved into fan pressure. But I'm just saying, you see what happened when you you have we we've got Cooper, and then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, the biggest game, Ole Miss at home, and you're starting Coger? Whoa! I mean, I like Coger and all, but hold on. <laughs> you no, he know, started, we had seen him. Bateman, I think I think he started Bateman, didn't he? I don't know, I messed up somewhere. <laughs> no, he started Coger, think... but one of them. They beat the – their names just both have a C, so I'll just call them C1 and C2. But he started C2 oh, instead of C1. 
Yeah, that's what it was. He started Cooper Bateman, and then the people were like, well, Coker started all year. What's going on here? You know, Coker came in and almost saved the day. That's what it was. Well, he started last night. All right. Well, guys, y'all have a good week, and thanks for joining us, and we'll see all y'all very soon. Awesome. Have a great weekend, guys, or a great week. All right. Y'all too. All right, sweetie. Take care. Call me tomorrow.